Captain on deck. Greetings from inside the simulacra. Captain Hicks here. And are you ready to rumble in this corner? The Iron Claw. Yeah, I saw it last night. I bought it. I knew I was going to want to see it again. I love Zach. I love Jeremy Allen White. You know, I you know I love you know I love uh, I love wrestling movies. I you know I you know I liked wrestling. I watched wrestling as a kid. I watched a little NWA. I have this vague kind of like missing time kind of vague memory implant of of these guys. So I mean, we didn't have much to watch back then. We had four channels, right? So uh, you ended up catching some of this. So it was really, it was, I didn't know anything about the tragedies. I didn't know anything about this story, really. I went in blind. I purposely tried to watch it as little as possible. I heard a little bit, and then I, try, I tried to tell my wife nothing, and we went in, and we were just like, wow, what a story, based on true events, based on a true story. But does that make it a true story? And that's what I spent time doing today. I, I, I did the, the backstory research on, you know, what happened. I looked at all the reviews. I looked at the real story. Uh, I watched some documentaries, uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more to this story. If you thought this was a tragic story, uh, this was a whitewashed narrative of a tragic story. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Iron Claw, and if you're somebody that is um, spoiler-centric, you don't want to ruin some of the mystique of the film, stop here, listen to the rest later. Uh, the rest of us will continue. So, the big first element of the Iron Claw is the curse, right? The Von, the, the, the Von Eric curse. And in the movie, they're very vague about what it is. Well, we took, you know, Kevin was really always talking about the curse. And you don't really find out in the movie what the curse really was about. But when you, when you do the research, you find out, ah, well, Fritz, you know, Fritz Von Eric wasn't Fritz Von Eric. He grew up as Jack um atkinson okay and jack atkinson wanted to be a football player and that didn't pan out for him so then he got into wrestling and when he got into wrestling he wanted to be be the best he could be he decided to be the heel character right the villain and so when he did that he took on a persona of um somebody uh, of a group of people that lost in world war ii the National Socialists, right? And their iconography, like the Iron Cross and the swastika. And he spoke in a German accent. And he played up this evil. And he had access of evil. He had this buddy of his, Waldo. And they played it up. They were like the top tag team team one of those years. So like from 58 to 67, they were really big. And until... Um, Jack Fritz uh, decided he went into promotion and at that point he, he became a, a that's where the real money was in wrestling is the promotion so he got into promotion and then he started you know working on you know 
uh, formulating the plan to, to bring his kids into that wrestling legacy. But the Fritz was the the curse was all about all this negative energy coming at Jack Atkinson, Fritz von Eric, and a lot of people say, well, that's that's the origination of the curse is Fritz's decisions and choices on the character he wanted to play. So that's the backstory on that. Backstory on the first child that died, Jack Jr., Jack Atkinson, Jack Jr., he wasn't Fritz von, von Erich, but he was, uh, they were at a stop and they had a trailer, the, kid, the, the child touched the hitch of the trailer and he got electrocuted, he fell in some snow and he drowned in a puddle, they found him in a puddle, drowned. What a tra I mean, they didn't get into that, but what a tra even more tragic way the kid died. Um and I and I guess Jack really he had never been the same after that. Fritz von Erich had never been the same after that. Uh he always because the big thing, right? It was we're gonna press into God. Mom's got the God part, and then we're gonna be kid boys, we're gonna be the very best wrestlers, and if we're the best and we could, and and the best and the most successful, we could avoid any curses that come our way. You know that was the kind of mindset, and and just the family dynamic with him telling the kids where their stack ranked. Well, you guys know the rankings, right? You know it's it's Carrie number one, and then David, and then Kevin, and then Mike, and then Chris. You know the most interesting thing about this omissions. You know what. A lot of obfuscation, a lot of what happens in storytelling, especially in news and in propaganda, it's not the lies they tell, it's the truths they omit. And the biggest issue with this is there was a, a son named Chris. There was a sixth son. So you think this was a tragic story. There was another son and the other son died too. So we'll get into that. But um, so, you know, the first death was Mike. Now, Mike, interesting enough, Mike's character was a amalgamation of this other brother, Chris. Chris was kind of the run of the litter. He was smaller. He had really bad asthma. And he, you know, he wasn't the, the Adonis the other brothers are. Quite frankly, when you watch the tape on these guys, especially Carrie, I mean, he's got to be, you know, 10 inches taller than Jeremy Allen White. A uh, hundred more pounds of muscle. I mean, just, not that Jeremy Allen White didn't look good, but, I mean, he's 5'8". You know, I mean, he's big next to Tom Cruise. He's big next to Zac Afron, who's like five foot ten, five foot eleven. I don't know. So, big difference in the size. But you know, I mean, like that's Hollywood. So we deal with that. Um, but Chris was the smaller brother, and so they, and he was kind of into music, and he was kind of the 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 one that was was kind of the outlier. And they took some of the characteristics of Chris and they molded it into the Mike character. And so, I mean, so Mike, when Mike, you know, when Mike um, 
had his problems. Part of that was the Chris issues. But the, the, the big thing was the first death, the, the first death later, because Jack Jr. died young. He was six, right? And then Kevin became the oldest brother. Um, David, David, who went to Japan, who became the first world champion, who fought Ric Flair, who had the intestinal problems, intestinal bleeding. There's rumors that he had a heart attack. There's rumors that he had a drug overdose. There's a lot of different rumors. Uh, supposedly, he, when he was in the hotel room in Japan, he was reaching for the phone when he died. Um, so I don't think he necessarily... I mean, it's unknown whether he committed suicide or OD'd or the official... You know, it sounds like he had intestinal bleeding i think that's what took him out so all these other rumors let's put those to rest um but when when david when david david ascended he was probably they say the most technically proficient wrestler of them all uh where uh Kerry was more the showman he had the charisma he had the physique uh, but David was just more technical and very focused. Uh, he was the one that um, he 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 was the one that worked the hardest, supposedly. So when he died, that was a big thing, and they didn't get into this that much. Um, but they they showed that he died like right after Kevin's wedding, where in actual real life he died like three years after Kevin got married and he had a long-term issue with this this intestinal problem so it wasn't a a brief thing it wasn't quick quickly it didn't happen quickly but when he died this was a big deal in texas it was a huge funeral there was like four to five thousand people that went to this funeral they had to have seating outside they had to have screens they didn't go into this and then after fritz turned this into a parade of champions. It was the largest event ever in wrestling history at that time. 42,000 people in a crowd in Texas Stadium witnessed this um, uh, event where that's when Carrie got the champion, the, the heavyweight championship from Ric Flair. So that was a, there was a lot to that that they didn't go into in the movie. And so... And then when Kerry, he, he, when he lost his leg, that was all hush, hush, secret, secret. They alluded to that in the movie, but it was also supposedly he rushed, he did, had the accident and it looked bad, but he rushed back so fast. That's why he ended up getting amputated. It wasn't like, it wasn't like in the accident, he ended up aiding that issue becoming a bigger issue and then nobody knew very few people knew he lost his leg that's what was real and then he went into the wwe and had a big uh, career and success in the wwe when uh with, you know with what with one leg and nobody knew so I, I really, I, I think that Carrie story, there's, there's a lot more interesting elements to that story. Um, but the other part of that story is he was in so much pain. I mean, the amount of pain, every time he put on that, that prosthetic, which really wasn't a prosthetic, it was, 
you know, it was a, you know, rudimentary medieval prosthetic. He would be injured. He would bleed. He would cut himself. It's just amazing that he was able to do that. Um, but he had a major drug addiction and they don't go in, they, they go into a little bit, but it was so bad and he was running into problems with the law and he, uh, he got, he was, he, he had drug convictions. He had, and then he was on probation and then he had another drug conviction. So right before he took his life, he, 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 first of all, that day he asked his wife, uh, if she would wait for him, if he went to jail and she wouldn't answer him. And so that next day he was supposed to, um, he was indicted and he was supposed to go to court. He was supposed to report and, you know, go to prison the next day. And that's why he killed himself. They didn't get into that in the movie, right? Because they didn't want it to look as bad as it was, right? Then you have the Mike situation where even before, so you had Carrie, and then so Carrie's so Carrie's Carrie's gone, huge funeral, right? Um, then Mike Mike gets pushed in the fold, he gets injured, he's got. Um, he has that episode where he's got 107 fever and uh, he goes into the coma and he's never the same after. Um, and then when he went out, then they, they brought in at one point, at one point when they started losing Von Erichs, they brought in this guy and they called him Lance Von Erich. And he wasn't a Von Erich at all. And everybody in Texas knew it. And that's when they really started to diminish. People started to say, well, there are these, these good, solid American boys. And what's going on? Why are all these kids dying? And, and you know, if they're such God-fearing, God-loving people, why are, why are all their people dying? And so then, and then their, their stars, from like 86 on, their stars started to diminish. And that's when they brought in this Lance Von Eric, who... Everybody sniffed out the bullshit on that, and that just kind of fizzled out. And so their their stars steadily started to decrease until about 1990, and that's when Chris Von Erich, the smaller Von Erich, got involved, and he broke his arm, and then he got depressed. He was wrestling. He's a really small guy, but I guess he was technically good, but he was really small, and he broke his arm. Then he then he couldn't work out then he got dependent on drugs he got depressed and then this one that they omitted from the film he killed himself so there's rumors about carrie killing himself i don't think he did mike definitely killed himself mike was missing for two days before they found his body so there was a little more drama around mike's death that's the one that, that got injured and, and came out of the coma. He also had a DUI right before uh, he killed himself, Mike. So, you know, Carrie was going to go to jail. Mike had a DUI. Uh, Chris was on drugs. Uh, terrible, terrible. But these are some things that weren't, you know, and then they, they said they didn't want to... They didn't want to overdo the tragedy in the family. So that's why they omitted the truth, right? I don't know. And then, you, you so then everything falls on, on Kevin. And so Kevin Von Erich is not only uh, the last Von Erich, but 
and he's thinking about committing suicide. He he thought about it, and he decided that what would be better for him is to go to prison. And so one day he went into a gun shop and he said, if I steal a gun, they'll throw me in prison. So he goes in there and he grabs a, sh- a, a rifle or a shotgun and he puts it down his pants. And there's all these old timers there in Texas. And, and the old timer just looks at him and says, as he's walking out the door when he's, you know, the, he's got the shotgun in his leg. He says, love you, Kevin. And then he looked over at the guy, and the guy's just staring at him, and he's staring back, and he goes back into the car, and he just starts crying. And he comes back in the store, he says, I had to give you the gun back. And they say, oh, no, we all love... And they, they all did a group hug in the store, and that turned him around. I mean, only in Texas. Still some humans left in the world, right? So, so and then and then I guess they left this out, too. Uh, Fritz and his wife divorced. They were married 40 years, but they divorced in 92. And then Fritz got cancer, and he was really, really bad. So bad at one point that he had a loaded gun, and he was pointing at Kevin. He was going to kill Kevin. And Kevin said that he thought his dad was just gone crazy because of the brain cancer. But uh, there was a lot of... What I felt like is the movie tried to make it a little bit more of a wholesome, all-American story, and they omitted a lot of facts that would have taken it from this sweet, cherry, and you know, apple pie, white picket fence, to more along the lines of like, uh, you know... David Lynch? I don't know, just something, something darker... You know, some Tarantino, you know, some just it was it it was a much, much darker tale. Uh, The real story. Um, And then they had a lot of, you know, like they omitted the fake cousin, Uncle Waldo and then the cousins. Well, it was a longer movie. Anyhow, also the kids, Kevin's kids. So Kevin got out of the scene. He moved to Lahaina. No, he moved to Kauai. (laughs) He bought land there he seems really happy peaceful and serene but two of his kids marshall and russ ross are both wrestlers his daughter lacy became a wrestler kevin came out of um kevin came out of uh, retirement for um a, a little wrestling gig with with all the boys now they're not wwe wrestlers but they're in like they're in the G League of Wrestling, you know, they're in the minor leagues, of but they're still doing great, and they look great, and, you know, there were some super touching moments of this movie. Uh, at the end, when, when Kevin is saying, I used to be a brother, I used to be an older brother, now I don't have a brother, I don't have, I'm, I'm not a brother anymore, and his, he's telling that to his kids, and his kids say, we'll be your brother's dad. I mean, I I had to hold back tears. I was so close to just break it. It was so touching. I haven't talked a lot about the movie, but bottom line, it's a tremendous movie. It's it's different than the true story, but when it comes to the performances, stellar. The cast is great. I mean, you've got you got solid actors that have been doing it a long time. All the boys were great. Zach Afron. Zach Afron, he went from 
high school musical to the neighbors and uh, Mike and Dave's wedding dates and all that comedy stuff to this. The kids got chops, major chops. Jeremy Allen White, this guy is going to be a force. Who knew that he was Gene Wilder's grandson? I was just blown away when I learned that recently. Uh, and then, you know, the guy, you know, uh, Holt uh, McCallie, uh, uh, he he was in, um, he's the dad, he played Fritz. He was in um, Mindhunter. I've always liked him. He played a Bill in Mindhunter. Uh, he played the character Bill in Mindhunter. That was awesome. And the mom, she was solid. And Lily, Lily James, I was trying to say, why do I recognize that the, the character of Pam, you know, who was with Kevin? Lily James played Pamela Sue Anderson in Pam and Tommy. You there's you can't even recognize her. It's so different. She is she's another powerhouse. I just think this is going to be one of those mo- movies kind of like The Outsiders where this is like the new brat pack of actors. Uh, and, and and I don't want to Harrison Dickinson. That kid is good too. So uh, from a from an acting from a um, production standpoint, from the way this is shot, uh, the way they, they tie in all the emotions, this is such a uh, a payoff movie. I'm sure I'm gonna watch this again shortly um, because there's there's so much so much good primal human emotion dealing with the most important issues in life and in death and in loss and in grieving and success and fame all of it in this one so it's it's one it's a masterpiece it's in my top five i think it's the third best movie of uh 2023 so um hey thanks for listening um i wish i would have spent a little more time on the movie itself but go see it iron claw is worthy to own so uh thanks again for listening and never forget to open your eyes